welcome back to our latest episode of Curtain Call Conversations. Coming to you live today here on the streets of Brooklyn, uh, right outside the Holmsky Shakespeare Center. Um, today we are joined once again by our amazing team, Tysha Scott, Eleanor Gordino, and Lisa Goldenberg-Korn. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Oh, hello. Doing a live recording out, out in the open, out, out in the wild. Summertime. So Yes, it was a bit hot to do this inside today. So we've got a fantastic episode on deck as we delve into one of the final awards of the season, the 66th Annual Drama Desk Awards. Now there are 33 awards that are up for grabs and we will post a full list of the nominees um, and our predictions on our social media. But for today, we're just gonna be talking about a few of these categories up for consideration. Now, it's worth noting that the Drama Desk Awards are the only major New York City theater honors for which Broadway, Off-Broadway, and Off-Off-Broadway produ productions compete against each other in the same category. The awards are voted on and bestowed by theater critics, journalists, editors, and publishers covering theater. So, yeah, it's, this is going to be a fun one to kind of delve into because you never know what you're going to get. Well, yeah, so and it's true. so wide. Like, you know, you have something on Broadway competing with something on off-off-Broadway. Yeah. Looking at the nominees, I was like, oh, all right, that's Big Fish, Little Fish. Let's do this. And we do want to just remind our listeners as we're recording all the fun background noise you're hearing, we are live on the streets of Brooklyn. So I guess just embrace the pulse of the city. Did we mention New York's open? Uh, with that, why don't we just go ahead and delve into our first category, and that is Outstanding Costume Design for a Musical. Now, the nominees for this were The Hang, Funny Girl, The Music Man, Six the Musical, and Intimate Apparel. All fantastic shows on their own. I guess, like, let's let's tee off. What, what do we all think of these? Did I think I'm the only one among the group that saw The Hang. Which, it's Taylor Mac. They were fantastic yeah. costumes. It was very arty, very gaudy. It, it's Taylor Mac. It's high art. Um, and then outside of that, all the other ones to me are, are more traditional. Um, and I think Intimate Apparel, though off Broadway, it still has Broadway quality to it. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. Totally agree. And it's at Lincoln Center. Yes. Yeah. So just that that alone gives it a sense of authority, if you will, even though it's not on Broadway. Yeah. But it is considered a Broadway show, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. It's just the address there, is there, different. I was about to say, their um, production quality is always very high. Yes. So, yeah. But um, it is interesting. Yeah, in The Music Man, uh, there are there is great costuming, but like you said, it is, it's, it's traditional. I have not seen Funny Girl, so I don't know. So I can't comment on those. Funny Girl <laughs> has uh, decent costumes, but my one qualm with it is um, the number where they're doing from like World War One. They the costumes don't connect for me. They don't make sense. They're silvery. It reads more of World War Two in the forties and less of the teens twenties. Especially the cut, the shape, the color, and that's where I was like, ooh, there's a disconnect. Everything else about their costumes in Funny Girl was brilliant. I thought. Um, they did a lot better job of, from previous to opening, of, of dressing uh, Beanie, especially because she's a, I hate saying this, plus-size actress, because yeah. screw that term. 
all bodies are beautiful. Um, but, um, yeah, so the costumes are good. I don't think that that's, that's the, the creme de la creme in the group, though. Yeah. I was going to say that, um, I mean, I am a fan of Six in general. But also, I, I think the costumes in Six are really fun. I don't know if they're going to beat, every, you know, beat everybody out, but I, I enjoy them. I, I really, I think they're fun. Would you think they're better than Music Man? I don't know. I mean, Music Man also had, there's tons of them, and there's like Jane Howdy Shell, everything. Every time she walked out, you know, and the, you know, the, her whole group of women, and yeah, you know. So. That's my vote. Santa Laquasa is going to walk away with the award for this. The Music yeah, Man, sure. the Music Man between the band uniforms and all those women's dresses and all of the white outfits yeah. for the ice cream social and. To me, looking at this list, I think six is, is those costumes are brilliant. Yeah. But I actually was talking about this with another friend of mine. Um, the the six outfits are probably the most unique and in, like new idea. There's only one costume change. Well, two yeah. if you consider the glasses they put on, <laughs> where the Music Man actually has several different looks yeah. throughout the yes. show. And to me, I'm like, well, unfortunately, you have one unique idea versus eight ideas this is one where i think quantity is going to outweigh i, I wouldn't well, even say quality but so many different looks yeah yeah i know but i definitely think that the, that's what i said i don't think it will win but it was definitely fun visually very fun yeah i think in terms of the complexity and the intensity the music man is a bigger production than six the musical for creativity i would give it to six the musical i think it's whimsical i think it's fun i think it's it's um, had a sense of um, it was starry-eyed, right? I looked at it and I thought it was futuristic almost. But the Music Man is a big production. And yeah. For that alone, they should. You know, there's a lot that went into trying to figure out how to pull that all together for that production for you know a revival. So I think it would go to the Music Man, but I would like to see it actually go to Sixty Musical for that reason. Uh -huh. Well, I think also just when you look at the stage for. Um, the music band, I mean, it's a feast. There's so many beautiful yeah. costumes. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think they're all extraordinary on the music man, and I'm one who loves color. I think the color uh, between the wigs, the hair pieces, right, the hats, they really spent a lot of time coordinating and making sure also the right colors were on the right skin tone. Yes. And so I thought that was, I mean, I was just mesmerized by how beautiful all the colors were and the fabrics and the prints. So. If I was to look at, I didn't see six, and I'm very interested. I did see photos, but I would just think that Music Man is definitely going to win just because yeah. of the extensive. The 36 members and everyone, the children's outfits were phenomenal. Yeah, great. Right. Almost be surprised yes. if they didn't. Yeah. Yes. Right? You'd almost at this point be surprised if they didn't, given what was intended by everyone. Yeah. And well deserved. I think you know they worked hard on that. And who was the Santa Luquasa? Yes. So our next category is scenic design of a musical. And for this we've got six again. Flying Over Sunset Company and Kimberly Akimbo. Okay, should we dive right in? I'm, yeah. I, I think we can narrow this down to two that we're gonna talk about. I think yeah. it's yes. between Flying Over Sunset and Company. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. And so here this is the thing. To me, Flying Over Sunset set and it was beautiful. Like it was breathtaking, yeah, yes, but I think the projections so. were 
what really made that set, except for that floral wall towards the end, that extra oomph, where to me, company, their set, it was, it, one of the things I love that Sondheim, when he was writing company, he described New York as, as a playground where things get lost. Yes. And I literally saw the stage as one giant playground. All the set pieces could be played with. And the way that it was almost like watching, you were like reading a newspaper and looking at like the, the cartoons because you were looking at these squares as she was climbing through it and going to these different stories. And I was like, what an inventive set. And then add the orchestra right above, uh, you know, who doesn't like the floating orchestra? Well, company, I think it was, there were many, many, many different areas that were great. You know, like, it wasn't just like one part of it, like, oh yeah, I like the set there. I mean, the part where, you know, coming through the subway, that whole part with the, yes. the way, you know, the reading of, of the words and like, yeah. And then even just the balcony for the apartment where, you know, like where they're looking at it. Like, I think it's, it's much more complete. But although I will say, flying over sunset, which, you know, didn't have great reviews and what you know, but I will say I usually do like the set design at Lincoln Center because they have such great stuff to work oh, with. Oh yes, but yes. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's gonna go to company. I uh, yeah, and I think rightly so, it should go to company. Yeah. There's agreed, also agreed. you thought all the scenes between the subway, between the apartments, you know, the outdoor terrace. All those, even the living rooms, like when she visited every couple, mm -hmm. that also, it just magically appeared in front of your eyes. So I just think that it would definitely warrant a win because of the set design, the colors and so forth. But no, and there's the kitchen, a- the kitchen right. Oh my gosh, yes. yes. And that I mean, with yes. Matt Doyle. Yes. It excited you. Yes. That was That's so not fun. easy to design a set that for a, a play like Company that was not written last year, right? We're here. Right and to have the kitchen modernized, to interchange the kitchen, the living room, the front stoop, yes. um, and, to, and the, the, the terrace in the New York City apartment, and to have the actors interchange into all of those you know, so quickly, um, that alone should get a nod. Yes. You know, the fact that, yes. that the actors so seamlessly were able to interchange quickly into such a beautiful inviting set. So I think we're all so agreed on this one. It's company. Yeah. And just yeah. note the fact that each address has the number 35. Yeah. It was yeah. so fun to find Absolutely. a 35 yeah. in every yeah. set. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. So I would be remiss because this is the only award that recognizes it. And I feel like I, I'd not only be remiss, I'd be a single man again if we didn't talk about <laughs> outstanding wig and hair. And, and I'll put it out there. There should be an outstanding wig and hair, Tony. There should also be an outstanding ensemble. But that's another podcast. Very true. Yes. Um, the nominees are Paradise Square, Mrs. Doubtfire, Diana, and MJ. Now I do have to say I am surprised that the Music Man is not for Wigan I'm I'm mixed because there's a there are a lot of wigs, there's a lot of hard work, but I wonder if it's because there's not a variety of styles. Okay. They all, except for a couple of the main characters, look mostly the same. I, this would be something I'd like to ask my wife about because I'm I can't I'm not smart enough to speak on the subject but I look at the field and I go okay Diana makes sense there's iconic wigs there but I I'm already kicking that out of the field I'm like no thanks so I'm already kicking Diana out of the race in my opinion just because it's we've seen that movie there was nothing new and inventive MJ kind of caught me off guard because I was like 
outside of Michael Jackson's wig, we do have those, like the afros and that of, of the previous, of like the early Michael Jackson time. So I was kind of like, this is interesting, I guess. But again, I knocked that out. But So I arrive at the next two, which is Mrs. Doubtfire and Paradise Square. And sizing those up against Mrs. Doubtfire, excuse me, against Music Man, I'm like, oh, I can see the variety in these two. So with that, Paradise Square and Mrs. Doubtfire being my two front runners, I have to, or we have to, this is hard for me because Mrs. Doubtfire with the wigs and that for Mrs. Doubtfire. And then, of course, actually for that ensemble, I mean, that number, Make Me a Woman, is actually fantastic. And the number of wigs they use to create not only icon, well, they're all icons, but for both male presenting and female presenting characters was impressive. Match that with Paradise Square. Oh, my God, those wigs. Oh, my God, those with the hairstyles. And to be able to move the way that they did through... Bill, Bill T. Jones's choreography is nothing short of like a Casey Nicola welcome to aerobics class. Like they are hustling in that show. And to be able to keep the hair the way it is, is really quite something. So that's why I'm, I'm torn between Mrs. Doubtfire and Paradise Square. I'm like, what are we going to go for? Are we going to go for the kind of recreation of something or are we going with originality? Oh. I think if we were to look at the fact that Mrs. Doubtfire, there's so many, there's so many wig, there's so many changes, there's so many um, metamorphoses that has to happen with him, turning her head into her, right? So we, you know, just from the complexity standpoint alone, I think that could be why it would win. This is not my paradise square. Because it takes a lot of craft, talent, and skill to turn, to create this look so he can become Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, exactly. So just from that complexity standpoint, I would give Mrs. Doubtfire that time. That I Yeah, I, I'm torn between these two because I could go with either, but I'm also a little bitter because I feel like Mrs. Doubtfire got snubbed in the costume design right. with the Tonys, and that's another conversation for another one. So I'd like to see Mrs. Doubtfire win, but I'm also, I do think Paradise Square with those styles that they had. Um, and immediately when we talk about this, I think about the two leading ladies. Their hair is so... Because I, I guess I also could see the... And I think I'm looking at this from the wrong angle, but the before and after. Knowing what the actual performer looks like outside of the theater and then, you know, on stage. It's like, oh my gosh. You know, it's, it's incredible what they create. But do anybody else have any other predictions about... No, we're kind of... Yes kind of torn on this one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see yes. the so. Well, we, well, okay, we'll have to get up to the theater to see these then. Yes, yes. So let's go to our next category uh, with a lovely musical accompaniment in the background. We're digging this. <laughs> uh, outstanding director of a musical. And I'm really glad that I picked this category. Um, we've got Assassins, Company, Six, Intimate Apparel, and Kimberly Akimbo. Five incredibly well-directed shows. Incredibly well-directed shows. I think wonderful nominations, wonderful choices. Um, what I think is interesting about this show, is, or this category, is 
Uh, to be upfront, I think Company is going to win this. I think Marion Elliott's going to uh, win the, the the award for this. I think her directing, I've everything she's done, I've loved. Angels in America. I think she was. Oh no, no, Diana Paulus did Pippin, um, but she. Um, but she, you know, this interpretation of Company is phenomenal. Now, Kimberly Akimbo has been racking up the wins in a lot of the previous awards that have been happening. So you've kind of got like this top dog from the smaller, I guess, awards yeah. coming up. And it's like, okay, is this, is this, and Kimberly Akimbo's coming to Broadway in a few months. So it's not exactly like it's so far out of the, out of the pond. So it's kind of like, can it go toe to toe with it? Then you slide in there, John Doyle with Assassins. Who I still don't think has gotten the credit that credit is due for. Now maybe if you level that playing field by throwing something of a company in there, all of a sudden. I think it's a, I think it's Assassins versus Company, and I also and it's a Sondheim year. So, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I. But I think Assassins was so so well done, the direct, like that. I feel like. I'm pushing for that, but yes, I see that company was really great too. So I, I it's going to be one of those two for me. But you're saying company. I'm saying company. I think it's company. Marion Elliott. Could it possibly be a tie? I don't think in the drama desk. No. I'm going to say assassins. No, no. I'm going to say assassins, even though I think it's between assassins and company. But just to have a little variety there, and I really think. They did so well, and they should have won a few other ones and a couple other awards in this yes. smaller one. I'm just going to get that in there. Tell us your And I thought they were very clever in Assassins also in their, in the set design, in the musical, and how you kind of envision the pain and so forth by the Assassins. You really took a, you know, you had empathy for the Assassins. You know, you heard their story where you've never seen it before, and the vocals and everything else was just magical. So I had an opportunity to see it twice, along with the wonderful uh, event. This is a very interesting category because all of these plays, in, in, in their own right, could win Best Director. They were all directed beautifully, beautifully. Assassins was clever. It was the music, the direction, the, um, the empathetic nature of, of what you didn't anticipate. You knew that John Whiteman wrote it for you to understand, not condone, but understand the, the Assassins. But I think John Doyle is due in one of these, whether it's the Tony's Drama Desk or Gortel. Um, it is, it, it, it encapsulates all of what we're discussing, what a director does. It engages you and pulls you in and has you walk away saying, from the music to the singing to the, to the direction to the empathy brought me there. I think it'll be Assassin's. Okay. Oh, and I wouldn't be mad with that. Now, after oh, seeing the show all. performed just in concert form, I was like... Oh, it's a shame that it's not going to Broadway. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a it was good. Here, yeah. And yes. I think John Doyle did him proud. Yes. Yeah. 
So jump into our next category, an another really hotly contested category, and I'd love another like ooh, <laughs> outstanding actress in a musical. We've got Kirsten Piper Brown in Intimate Apparel, Victoria Clark in Kimberly Akimbo, Shannon D. Clark, Carolina Change, uh, Jenna Dewall, Diana the Musical, and Wakina uh, Congo in Paradise Square. I think it comes down to two. I think it's Joaquina and Victoria Clark. And my, again, this is another one of those Kimberly Akimbo's been cleaning up in the, in the Off-Broadway, or, or yeah, in the Off-Broadway Awards. And she did fabulous, fabulous. Joaquina made me ugly girl cry. Oh and God. like moved me in uh -huh. such a way. And I don't, and, and, I, and the thing is, is they're playing two different roles. I mean, Victoria Clark's character, Kimberly, was not meant to, like, exactly. shake me to my exactly. core. Exactly. But also, like... She was so good, so convincing. Good. It was, yeah, I, she, she was amazing. But I, I'm going to say, you know, Kina, did she get a standing O every night? I'm not sure. The night she I, got a standing O the night I, I went. There, she did, and she was powerhouse. I think she should get it. I'm not sure if she will, but I think I, that's the person I think should get it. But we'll see. But I'm also going to just throw in there that, you know, Carolina Change was a short term show. And so and it was finished a little while ago. But um, there was a lot, a lot of buzz around Sharon Clark and the job she did. And people were hooting and hollering when she had her solo. So, I mean, I think she's, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, that, if she will be remembered, but. There was a lot of buzz around her performance as well. I hope Sharon DeClark's performance was fantastic, but I feel like, again, it's it's kind of one of the. I think Joaquina's like the younger, the newer. I agree. I think it should be Joaquina. And I'm Sharon and Victoria's more of like the upperclassman kind of thing. Yes. yes. And that's why I'm like vote. On the performance, not on 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 who's been here the longest, kind of. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I just know that I'm just saying there was a lot of buzz around Sharon at the time, and it's not on. You know, it's not going on right now. So we'll see. And I, I would love to see Joaquina do it, get it, and I, you know, she deserves it. Yeah. There's a level of maturity that Joaquina brought to that role in Paradise Square. Yeah. That I did that that understood that Victoria Clark character is completely different. I, I, I get it. It's, it's, it's different. Joaquina brings a level of maturity. She's mesmerizing to watch perform. Her voice is like silk. She can she has range from here to Kingdom Come. Mm -hmm. And she has to do that eight shows a week. Yes. If I had to compare the complexity of Joaquina to Victoria or Kirsten, who I loved in Intimate Apparel, right? She was very good. Yes. But that level, Sharon D. Clark, as you all know, I'm not a fan of Carolina James. Share your opinions. I'm sure she's very good. I'm sure she was very good, but I was not going to see the play. So I saw it three times, nothing my life. I'm good. And I'm good with that. Okay. Um, I think that I think yeah. all those are yes. valid thoughts. Right. So I think I with, with 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 Joaquina, there is a level of complexity that the others. We were all blown away. We were yes. blown away. We're yeah. 
and for that alone, to do that eight nights a week. Eight shows, excuse me. I, eight shows. She should win. She, should win. she definitely should win. And yeah. my second would be actually Kirsten. My Kirsten. Second, my second I agree with you. I think Victoria was good, but it was more of an acting role. I mean, to me, I didn't feel, I mean, I felt like, she, yes, she was a teenager, but I just, there was still something missing where also Kristen, I loved. Yeah. I thought she was wonderful. So Kirsten and, and or Kristen? I'm not sure. Oh, well, Kirsten. Kirsten. Piper Brown. Yeah. She was brilliant. She was Very brilliant. Yeah. But Makina, she made my heart break. Mm -hmm. Everything from the moment she first got on stage, I just believed and I and I felt everything that she felt, her pain, her love, and her determination to have a place, right? Yeah. To to save her home, save her relationship, save her community. And the fact that she was doing this in five points, five minutes from where I live, it's just unbelievable that this took place. So I honestly would agree with everyone else and say what queen should actually win this. Vic she was just Victoria magical. Clark, I think, what I'd be interested to know is when Victoria Clark comes to Broadway, will it be eligible for a Drama League Award being the Broadway production? seems like it would be. It seems like it would be. Because I, I feel like that's the year for Victoria Clark then versus, because I I am hardcore pulling for Joaquina in this category all across the board because I'm like, that That was a performance that I just left also, moved. Yeah, also I'd like to see it because I know Meredith Square is not getting this, all the love all the time. So I, I, And yet I see nothing but good things from audience members all yes, over the yes, socials. Yes. yes. yes able to do is Agreed. and moving us individually and personally for our own personal reasons is amazing. Yeah. So our next category is Outstanding Featured Actress in a Musical. We have Judy Kuhn from Assassins, Tamika Lawrence from Black No More, Patti Lapone from Company, Bonnie Milligan from uh, Kimberly Akimbo, and Jennifer Samard from Company. Now, there's two interesting things about this because, number one, this sets up an early telltale about the Tony race between Jennifer Samard and Patti Lapone, of course. But also, there is a really interesting... This is a really interesting race, in my opinion, between Judy, Patti, Jennifer, and Bonnie. I'm not sure that Tamika really is in this race um, with the other four. My question in all of this is well I think it's going to be between personally I think it's between, between Patty and Jennifer mm -hmm. I, th I think Patty Lapone brought a new life to the character a new life to the character of Joanne yeah. and I think I mean it's Patty Lapone and it's a legendary performance I think Jennifer Samard gives a ridiculous Ridiculous performance, yeah. hilarious and memorable performance. Bonnie Milligan, though, that was also hilarious and a really memorable performance as well in Kimberly Akimbo. Yeah. Um, and then running it out, Judy Kuhn was fabulous in that uh, oh in the gala in the concert <laughs> version. Yes. I would have liked to have seen. She's very they're hilarious. She's naturally. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, what, what was it about Tamika Lawrence that did not stand out for you? Because ironically, she's the only thing that pretty much stood out for me in Black Clover. Well, you know, no, I, I might be thinking of the I'm wrong person. I'm curious. Was 
Tamika Lawrence, the um, she wasn't the, the the owner of the barber shop or the beauty shop, was she? No, no, no. She no, was no, the no, friend that went down to go. Yes, okay, yes, no, then I was thinking of the wrong person. I thought yeah, she was the owner. White. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Totally no, well, okay. Hold on. Yes. And then Tamika, Tamika yes. then can come back and she will invite her back to the party. My bad. I have a sing of the wrong actress. Well, um, we got Tamika, Judy. Um, and that's the one I tried so hard to see Black No More, but didn't get to see it, so I can't comment. Uh, see, Tamika's performance, in my opinion, matched the intensity of um, who was the actor? Um, um, Brandon. Brandon Victor Dixon. The intensity, the energy, those two were on the level. So I really enjoyed her performance in Black No More. I thought she was absolutely brilliant. Um, if I'm starting to, to check things off. I think this is going to be, it's going to be the big fish of the two of company versus just one of the others. And if I had to pick, I, I, I hate to say I think it's going to be Bonnie Milligan with, with the runaway head of Kimberly Akimbo. And I think Bonnie, she, there's no one, I can't think of anyone that could play that role any better. That is just that funny and that she is a presence, you know, she is just a presence on stage. An entity, and that's why I'm like, I, I, I'd, I'd have to. That's who I think I'd put up against the two from Company. Now, my vote at the end of the day, it's gonna be Patty. I want to see Patty win it. I have to admit. It's it's gonna be Patty, and I want another epic speech. Even though, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, she could just go right into it. It's been 29 years. Damn it! <laughs> I would love to see her win, but also I will say. So I saw Jen I saw Company twice. I thought Jennifer Samir, Smart, sorry, her, she's great in her role. And then I happened to see her fill in for Patty, and she uh, was great there too. So okay. I, yeah, she, okay. she's she's pretty good. Okay. So we'll see what happens. All right, what's the next one? Uh, so we're rounding out our categories. The next one's uh, outstanding actress in a play, and we've got Tala Ash from English, Ruth Nega from Macbeth. Andrea Patterson from Colored Water, Felicia, Felicia Rashad from Skeleton Crew, Shannon Tio from The Chinese Lady, and Michelle Wilson from Confederates. Mm. That's a tight mm. that, that is, is like, wow. that's such a list. Very my guess, yes. my prediction is all of them. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> I think well deserved for all, all of, of them. I was, okay, so I was Andrea Patterson in Colored Water. I, she, she's amazing. You all I saw Colored her. Water, yes. right? Yes, yes. yes. on the one man out. After the show, yes. I love her. Uh, she, she's amazing. I follow her, and um, yeah, really great. And then she, you know, uh, went on to um, Confederates, which is interesting. She's oh, up, and she's up and coming. And, you know, she's, yeah. she's been yes. around a while. She, I mean, she was she's making, but she's in it. She's making her sort of her debut in a lot of these very visible off-Broadway production. See, I think Michelle Wilson was the, the professor in Confederates, if I remember yes, right, and yes. I absolutely loved her. Yeah. She was so good, and I felt like I was in a class, and I was being asked questions, and I was being challenged with thoughts, and I was, with without her, like, directly asking me things, you know? Um, this is tough. This is a tough category. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because they're yes, all so good. Fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Tala Ash is a teacher in English, right? 
No, that's Marja. Tala was the. That's why I mean by cheat sheet sometimes. Tala was the. Just Google real quick. I just Googled it. I loved her actually. But then Felicia Rashad was great. Yes, so this is again where I'm like upper class versus younger class. Um, Ruth Nega, holy crap, she made Macbeth. She made Macbeth. But then Shannon Cho from the Chinese lady, I mean, the Chinese lady at the Lortel Awards came out of nowhere for me. Yes. And, she, and don't get me wrong, the Chinese lady was brilliant. It was brilliant. But I could see her also getting that. And I saw the Chinese lady with the understudy, and I had no idea, and she was brilliant. So I'm going to, I mean, if I got to pick someone, I got to go with my heart and I'm going to pick Michelle Williams or Wilson, Wilson. <laughs> Michelle Wilson from Confederates. She just challenged me the most. Um, I mean, I left Confederates, moved and changed. And I, I mean, I dragged hope to it. I was like, you've got to see it. I sent my good friend from Utah to go see it. I mean, I was... I was their PR firm after I saw it. I was like, go see the show, you know. Not to say anything against the other shows, but Confederates was that show for me that I was like, everybody go see it. See, like, okay, I agree with you, but I, now I'm thinking, I did not see Macbeth, but if you're all raving about Ruth Nega, I have a feeling she's going to win. I didn't see it, but I she's think she's probably going to win it. But mesmerizing. Yeah. So I feel like that sounds like she may win it, but like, I saw all the rest of them except Chinese lady and they're the Chinese lady and they're they're all great. I could see Michelle winning it, Andrea, but I kind of think that Ruth's gonna get it. If I have to go old school, Felicia Rashad. Yeah, that was a character I've never seen her play before too. That was interesting to see her play like that. One of the reasons why I think she would end up getting it because she has never played that role. Yeah, like just blue collar. I'm right there with you. Very good point. She was brilliant. So if I had to go old school, I'd say Felicia Rashad. New school between Ruth and Andrea. Yeah. Oh. Ruth Interesting. I think you have a very good point with the old school yes. with Felicia. If they were going, if that's the way in which their direction they're leading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because she played a character out of her role. Yes. Yeah. Did an excellent job, but she's, I'm not a fan of hers for her right. own her personal comments. And I thought Michelle Wilson was phenomenal. And I just, I know, I felt that her pain, right, yes. her angst in regard to what happened in Confederates. And I also yeah. encourage everyone to go and see that. Now that's a play that should really transition over to Broadway. It's still early. We'll see. So we've got two more categories, two big ones. So let's start with the first big one, which was Outstanding Play. We've got Colored Water, English, Prayer for the French Republic, Sanctuary City, Selling Kabul, and The Chinese Lady. They are all fantastic, but I feel like this is not going to be as long a discussion as we think. <laughs> it's going to be The Prayer for the French Republic. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, I yes. hope so. It's, in the list. <laughs> it's at the top. It's very top. I would love to see Prayer for the French Republic win. I'm just going to start out with in that. In this list, Prayer yeah. for the French Republic. Yes. If there were a second choice, the Chinese lady. I mean, I'm sorry, Colored Water. Yeah, 
after everything you guys have said about Colored Water, I really wish I had seen it. Because it's, and everything I've been actually reading about it and some of the articles and blogs, I'm like, man, I just missed such a freaking good show. Um, but I just, I think it's a prayer for the French Republic. It's... I agree with you. And I would be happy to see them win it. I love, that show was so good. I would, I would watch that three hour play again. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Definitely. So yeah, that was a quick one. Yeah. Yes. So we go to our Second final. Second choice, yes. Also in agreement. Categories Outstanding Musical, and we've got Harmony, Intimate Apparel, Kimberly Akimbo, Six, and The Hang. Now, this is going to be interesting because so I think this is going to come down to two shows, and that's Kimberly Akimbo and Six. And what's going to be interesting is I think everyone's expecting Six to win this because it's the Broadway show, and there's so much like uh, momentum with it and it's, it's six it's so successful in that but I'm also the guy that's like have you paid attention to what Kimberly Akimbo has been doing and this is hard for me because I don't want six to get pigeonholed into that it's a pop musical kind of thing um, because it's there's a lot of really clever writing into it there's a lot of great there's a great book there's great lyrics the music's actually clever it's a really smart show, but I think that just Kimberly Akimbo as a whole is such an original. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was saying this before. I think six, because of the pandemic and when it opened, what I think if it had opened in 2020, I think it, you know, like at the time there was so much momentum going. I think that they would be winning more awards. But I think at this moment, like people really like them, but I'm not sure if they're going to win. But and people kind of write it off sometimes because it's like, oh, it's just like, you know, pop. but it is, you're right, it's really clever. It tells really great stories. I know people who have really learned, you know, young people who've learned a lot from yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, ha and it's, I, I saw it twice. I'd go again. It's a super fun night. And I think it was expected to win things and, you know, people watched it, but I don't know if it's going to win. I don't know. Like, I, I also want to say that I don't think it needs to win. It's not like some other shows that need yes, yes. Um, awards to win to help keep them afloat. This one will be fine if it doesn't. But I wouldn't mind seeing Kimberly Akimbo win in this one because I do think I, I love Kimberly Akimbo. Yes, me too. I, I you know what it just did well in the Mortels. I, I think you're right. I think it's Mortel, the other critics, the yeah, drama I think league. It's gonna win probably. Yeah. And it's a great show. I'm glad it's going Broadway. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen some other plays in other musicals in this category. So I love six. The trajectory and the way in which we're moving, it's gonna be Kimberly Akimbo. Yeah. Yeah. But are you in, in agreement? In this category, I'm saying I'm, I'm right. saying I'm in agreement. 
with this selection of musicals that's been nominated? I would like it to be six over Kimberly Akimbo, but in so if I had my first choice, it would be six to musical. My second would be Kimberly Akimbo, but I believe it's going to end up being Kimberly Akimbo. I would be shocked if it's Intimate Apparel. Pleasantly, what? Yeah. So pleasantly shocked if it's Intimate Apparel. But you can catch it on PBS. Popcorn and some wine. Yes, my DVR captures it all. Yeah, it is a little funny. Some musicals that are not in there. I would love for us to come back. I would love for us to come back and say, we're so, it's wonderful, it's a bit barrel one. Um, but in my heart of hearts, I think it's going to be Kimberly and Kimbo. I would yeah. like it to be six the musical. I would like it to be actually be Intimate Apparel. And then six the musical, or then Kimberly and Kimbo. But I think, I think the way in which we're, the way in which this has gone thus far, yeah. it appears that it might be Kimberly and Kimbo. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't well, dislike it. I just compared to the two, I thought intimate apparel is the stronger. I definitely agree with you, Ty. I say Kimberly Kimbo. It was good, but I still think it just belonged off Broadway. I still can't believe it's transitioning to Broadway. It didn't oh, excite me. Oh. I thought there was a lot of yes. It was. I thought there were some flaws, and I particularly don't understand. I did not care for Bonnie Mulligan. Her role oh. in that either, um, and even the father. The father I thought wasn't that strong. So I thought there was a lot of when I I enjoyed it, but I just I'm kind of surprised that it's transitioning. And I'm I think happy it, for them to go into. I Broadway, think it needs a bigger space. I think I think the the Lisa, Lisa, you're Lisa, the <laughs> Linda. Uh, What's the name of the theater? The Linda. No, Atlantic Theater. Yeah, but they're they're. They were at Atlantic. Now they're going. And it is the Atlantic, but it's a Linda something. Linda Gross. Linda Gross Theater. Yes. I think it was just a little too small for the show. It needs to be a little bit of bigger space. And I agree. I think they need to develop the parents just a touch more. But this show has just such heart. And it's the perfect balance of such a dark story with great humor. And I, I'm a fan of the Friends. Uh, I love Jeannie Tesori. I live for her. So I'm, I'm, so I'm happy about that. Eleanor, I have a question. Yes. Andrew is saying it's 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 the time it's the time for it. It was a dark you know it was dark humor, a dark story but with humor. Did you feel that the characters weren't developed enough, or the story wasn't developed enough? I think actually both. I think the story and I the felt. characters. I thought it was great. I thought it was something like, you know, even like traveling theater, whatever they do, you know, from you know state to state. I just didn't... I was happy I went to see it because Atlantic always does mm -hmm. wonderful, creative productions that I just love, and they transition very well to Broadway, but I... I said I know it's going to go, but I didn't agree for many reasons. However, the standout was, you know, uh, I'm sorry, what is her name again? Uh, bon no, not Bonnie. Uh, Victoria Clark. Victoria Clark. My apologies. I <laughs> no, I knew what you were saying. Guy. We were connecting. So I thought Victoria was unbelievable, and also the young man of the three, you know, teenagers who was oh, a dancer. Oh, Justin Cooley? Yes, Justin Cooley. Oh, the, uh, who played the tuba? No, the gentleman, it was like the three, you know, classmates and so forth. Friends. The friends. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. He was, you know, three of them are dancing. He's the only one who had dancing skills. The other were totally offbeat and didn't have any pep to them. I, I just, I have a very critical eye, I guess. Um, and I love musicals, but 
I just didn't feel like it has a weight of gold. But somehow it's going to appeal to someone who's maybe not looking for something so deep. That might be it. So it may sell because of that. I just felt it needed more work. Yeah, a lot of work. That's what I walked up and I walked down and I said, yeah, it needs more work. It'll be interesting sure. to see what they change between exactly. there and Broadway. I did, yeah, I'm very curious to see. I want to see some changes. So yeah. Itching to see it because I'm saying, what, if any, maybe none. That's right? fair. But, it, but it, I just felt that the characters, Eleanor, I agree with you. And, and that's why I asked between, because you, you said it's a dark, you know, dark story with humor. What was it about it for you, Eleanor, that did not flow? And for me, it's the same thing. The characters, I, I just didn't think it was developed enough to beat out intimate apparel or six things. Agreed. And I didn't well, we'll even see six. Yeah. Well, this uh, will certainly be a very interesting evening to tune in for, for sure. Winners will be announced the week of June 6th with honors set to be presented at an abbreviated ceremony at Sardi's on June 14th. I want to thank these incredible people for joining me on this show today. Thank you, Eleanor Gordino, Lisa Goldenberg-Korn, and Taisha Scott. It's always a joy speaking with you and doing the show live today. I mean, you got to love doing it here in Brooklyn, right? Live on the street. Um, until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your masks on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is DJ by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar, Nangdo, and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.